Greetings to those who watch below. Today it's time for the next stop on our paranormal tour of the US, and today we're heading to North Dakota. But before we start the stories, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Christina Groves, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S., Tesos Karamaris, LT Punisher 666, and Wicked Witch for being those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership that lets you support the channel, and also gets you shoutouts at the start of every single video. You can also support me by hitting that subscribe button and also clicking the notification bell. And you can find me on Instagram at brimstone underscore below, and on Facebook at the Brimstone Below Horror Channel. And as always, you can find me curating the stories on creepypasta.com and telling them on the creepypasta.com official YouTube channel. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Something Demonic by Dar77. I have always dealt with unusual and paranormal things. I've become used to it all. However, in the current house I'm living in that we are buying, there have been some things that I feel are out of the usual hauntings I've dealt with. They say that demons and such are known to work with the number three in order to mock the trinity. This is why I believe that perhaps this time around I may be dealing with something of that nature, and to be honest, it worries me. In the two years that we have lived here, I've heard a number of disturbances. My dogs have started growling and barking at nothing. They also refuse to go in the backyard at night. I have felt the blanket on my bed move, and on a few occasions my kids and I have heard someone knock on the door three times, only to find no one there. Normally, when there are spirits or energy in a place, I can usually pick up on it, and I felt a bit of relief when we bought this house because I didn't feel anything attached to it. So, I'm a bit confused as to why there is something here, but I didn't feel it when we moved in. The first thing that happened was this. My son and I were in the kitchen cooking some sort of snack and he had gone into the pantry towards the back of the house. I was standing at the stove, tending to our snack, and thought that he had returned from the pantry, because I saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye walk up near me. When I turned to him, the shadow quickly moved away and vanished. On several occasions, I will be sitting with my dogs late at night and will hear a bump or something of that nature in the kitchen area, and the dogs will be looking over in the direction the sound came from. But other times, randomly, my dogs will start growling and barking at nothing. At night, they act frightened to go to the backyard to potty. My husband works nights, so I sleep alone, and there have been times I felt the blankets move slightly, or as if something caressed my side. My bed frame is iron, and a few times it sounded like something was banging on it. On a few different occasions, my kids and I were sitting in the living room, and we heard three knocks upon the door. We found it hard because of what time of night it was. When we would check to see who it was, there was no one there. Furthermore, the door that had been knocked on was not the front door, but the door that led to the living room that was attached to the mudroom. When we first moved in and hadn't put up the fence yet, and my husband had some of his tools laying outside, just outside the mudroom, I was sitting in the mudroom late one evening next to the window, which I had open because I was smoking. I was caught off guard by the sounds of someone or something 
just outside the window going through my husband's tools. I was amazed that someone would have the nerve to do that when clearly people were home, so I gave a cough as to let them know I was there and aware that they were on my property. They immediately stopped rummaging through our things, but after a few moments began again. Then I heard them leaving and saying something, not sure what that was or if it was even anything paranormal, but pretty unsettling nonetheless. The following day I decided to go and see what the thief had taken, but to my surprise nothing was gone. Several months ago I decided to invest into a spirit box in hopes of communicating with my deceased father. Although I was getting a pretty decent amount of input, I never did hear anything from my dad. I became convinced that what I am dealing with here is not a spirit and may wish me harm. I was sitting in the mudroom late at night and with only a candle for my light. It seemed to draw them closer to me and I would hear lots of chatter through the box. The voices were warning me of danger and then they went silent. A little while later I started hearing low growls emanating from the box. It freaked me out, so I turned it off. I turned the lights back on and was just sitting there sort of alarmed at what I had heard when I hear three scratches on the wall just outside my window. I felt it would be in my better interest if I quit messing with the spirit box for a little while and put it away. Several months went by and I had a craving to pull out the box once again, so that's what I did. The box was pretty silent, but then I heard a voice tell me, yours, and that the door was locked. I found it creepy because I was sitting by the back door, which I had opened and had the screen door shut and locked. The voice said harm you and then let out a growl. Needless to say, I shut the box off. Since that night I have gotten rid of the box, but every night while I'm sitting out in the mudroom with the door open and screen door shut, I always hear the stairs shift and something hooks its claws onto the lip of the metal of the screen door. I am not about to move out, this is our home, but I am afraid that there is something evil here. The Stairway to Hell North Dakota is dotted with small towns that were once prosperous, but have now become ghostly and unpopulated. One such town is Tagus, which was founded in the early 1900s and is now mostly abandoned. If you visit, you won't see a whole lot, just a few houses and a bunch of dilapidated structures. However, the rumour is that there's an old Lutheran church that was once a hotbed for satanic worship. The church was burned down by vandals, but many have claimed that there was a large upside-down cross, a mark of Satanism, painted on the front of the building, and underneath the church is where it is said that you can step right down into hell. If you stand in the right spot, near where the church burned down, you can apparently hear the screams of those condemned to hell. According to the website Ghosts of North Dakota, the Tagus rumours are just rumours and the town's reputation was carried on in an urban legend that spread, and quickly. In the 80s, about 300 young people stormed the town intent on some Halloween fun, but a sheriff stopped their plans. Whether or not the town is truly the entrance to hell, many people have commented on Tagus about things they've encountered while passing through. Some visitors report being greeted by aggressive, barking hellhounds snapping at them, 
coming from seemingly out of nowhere. One visitor even reported blood from a ghostly dog on the side of their car. The people who still live in Tagus aren't thrilled with the town's reputation, and some visitors have reported someone chasing them out of town in a car driving extremely fast. Others have noted people carrying guns and even taking potshots at cars. One Tagus visitor reported a glowing greenish gravestone, with no explanation as to why that individual's grave would be alight. A translucent train has been said to chug up and down the old train tracks of Tagus. Others report paranormal activity such as strange sounds in old houses or curtains blowing in a non-existent wind. Unexpected Visitors by CMDF This story takes place around 2009-2010. I was about 18 or 19 years old and living with my then boyfriend Derek and our good friend Gabe. Gabe was seeing my longtime friend Leah at the time, so she would frequently sleep at our place. During this time, Leah had been involved with a paranormal investigation team from our area. She is, and has been from an early age, very sensitive to spirits, and has the ability to see and talk with them, which is how she came to be part of the group. They at the time were investigating a house in town called the Grind House. I don't personally know terribly much about its history, except for the basics. A man with the last name Grind murdered his wife and children in the house, and then took his own life in the garage. This event took place about 20 or so years ago, and ever since, the house has been rumoured to have a terrible energy in it, which is why the owner had the team come check it out. Leah had always told me about her investigations, and told me about what she heard and felt in that place. She felt that there was something very dark and evil there, and when she was there, she could feel the dark presence, and would hear a strange humming sound. She also believed there were less malevolent spirits in the house as well, but this dark one was more powerful than the others. One evening, Leah, Gabe, Derek, our friend Travis and I were hanging out at our apartment. Leah and I both had to work the next morning, so when it started to get a bit late, we both said our goodnights and went into our respective bedrooms to lay down. The way the apartment was laid out was like this. There was a large open main area that was split into a living room and a kitchen, and each of the bedroom doors were next to each other along the wall opposite the front door. In my bedroom, when you walk in and look to the right, at the end of the room, was a walk-in closet. I loved that closet because it was huge, and I often felt like it was my little hideaway when I needed somewhere to be alone. I always left the door to this closet open because it just felt like a part of the rest of the room. My bed was on the opposite side of the room and was facing toward the closet. When I laid down to go to sleep, I was trying to get comfortable, but couldn't stop feeling uneasy and felt like I was being watched. After a couple minutes of this, I mentally told myself to stop being silly, and to open my eyes and take a quick look around the room to confirm to myself there was no one in the room, so I could go to sleep. When I opened my eyes, I saw in the doorway of my walk-in closet a large, shadowy thing. I snapped my eyes shut and started panicking a little. After a minute or so, I calmed myself down a bit and thought to myself, Maybe it was a shirt or something hanging on the door of the closet, and that my eyes had played a trick on me, and that I only thought I saw a giant shadowy person. 
I gained enough courage to open my eyes again to double check. When I opened them, the shadow thing was still in the doorway, and this time there was another shorter shadow figure at the foot of my bed. I felt like they were both staring at me, but I didn't see a face on either of them. I was terrified and closed my eyes again, not moving out of fear of something happening. While my eyes were closed, I could see this grey face. It looked like a combination of a cat and a bird, with large black eyes. I don't know whether or not my mind was just making up this face, but I felt like this is what the face of the large black shadow in the closet doorway was. I didn't dare speak or move, even though I could hear Derek, Gabe and Travis talking and laughing in the living room. After a few moments, I started to feel what I can only describe as a cold breath on my face. I felt like whatever it was in my doorway was right above me, inches from my face, and I didn't know what to do. So after a moment, I decided in a moment of bravery to quickly pull the blankets over my head and pulled my feet in close to my body. I stayed frozen like this for a few long minutes, waiting to see if anything would happen. I felt a little more at ease like this, but was still scared to make any noise. I finally decided to do something, so I reached quickly out of the blanket and grabbed my cell phone from my bedside table, and again froze for a moment before making any more movements. I then proceeded to text Derek and ask him to come to bed. After a minute or so, I could hear him tell our other friends he was going to bed, so I started to feel some relief. When he came into the room and turned on the light, I uncovered my face and looked around the room. There were no more shadow people, but what did scare me was that my closet door was now closed. I decided not to tell Derek what had happened, and just went to bed. The day after I saw the shadow figs in my room, I worked most of the day and the incident didn't cross my mind. It wasn't until the day after that, which was my day off, that I mentioned it to anyone. I was sitting in the living room of my apartment with Derek and our roommate and good friend Gabe. I remembered the incident in my room and proceeded to tell them about it. When I was finished, they both looked shocked and told me Leah had mentioned something similar that had happened to her a few days before as well. We figured out that it was the same night as my experience. When Leah had gone to bed that night, she heard the humming that she had heard in the grindhouse and heard someone whisper her name and felt someone touch her shoulder. I was both surprised and somewhat grateful to hear this, because even though it was scary that we both had these things happen to us on the same night, I felt that my own experience wasn't so crazy and that it wasn't just my paranoid imagination. I told Leah about my experience the next time I saw her and joked around with her, telling her it was impolite to bring demons to your friend's house without asking. I never heard much more about the Grindhouse investigation again after that, and a year or so later, the investigation group disbanded for personal reasons of some of the members. Miniwashitu Miniwashitu, also known as the water monster of the Missouri River, is a terrifying hairy beast that supposedly travels the Missouri River in central North Dakota. This bipedal creature seems to be similar to West Virginia's sheep squatch. The Miniwashitu is 7 to 8 feet tall, has a tough bison-like hide and fur, a single eye and a single bison horn is set above this eye, elk-like hooves, human hands, and a jagged and spiny backbone much like the Puerto Rican chupacabras. 
Natives to the area, such as the Mandan tribes, would say that the Miniwashitu would control spring breakup by smashing the river ice as the temperatures would rise and the creature was more active in the warming temperatures. A legend of the Dakota Nation tells the story of Miniwashitu. Author Melvin Randolph Gilmore, one-time curator for the North Dakota State Historical Society, wrote about the beast in 1921. It is said that in the long ago there was a mysterious being within the stream of the Missouri River. It was seldom seen by human beings and was most dreadful to see. It is said that sometimes it was seen within the water in the middle of the stream, causing a redness shining like the redness of fire as it passed up the stream against the current with a terrific roaring sound. And they say that if this dreadful being was seen by anyone in the daytime, anyone who thus saw it soon after became crazy and continued restless and writhing as though in pain until he was relieved by death. And it is said that one time not a very great many years ago, this frightful being was seen by a man, and he told how it appeared. He said that it was of strange form and covered all over in hair like a buffalo, but red in colour, that it had only one eye in the middle of its forehead, and above that a single horn. Its backbone stood out notched and jagged like an enormous saw. As soon as the man beheld the awful sight, everything became dark to him, he said. He was just able to reach home, but he soon lost his reason, and after that, he died. It is said that this mysterious Miniwashitu, or water monster, still lives in the Missouri River, and that in springtime, as it moves upstream against the current, it breaks up the ice of the river. This water monster was held in awe and dread by the people. Ghost in My Basement by Shadowclaw777 It was August the 4th, 2012, when I began to notice some things that were off about my house. Everywhere I went, I felt like I was being watched. I'd never felt like this before. When I brought it up to my parents and siblings, they thought I was joking. They didn't feel like this, and yet while we were talking, I felt like there was something sitting on the floor next to my chair. I managed to ignore this feeling for several hours, but it suddenly began to intensify around 9pm. This began to freak me out, so I went to bed early, not wanting to feel like that anymore. But the feeling followed me to my room. It took me almost three hours to fall asleep, and even then, my dreams were haunted by that feeling, almost like I could feel it watching me even when I was sleeping. For the next week, I kept getting that feeling, but eventually I got used to it. I thought that maybe this had something to do with electromagnetic fields. I knew that some people were sensitive to them, and I wondered if this had anything to do with the fact that lately my family have been using a lot more electronics, such as our air conditioner, four laptops, three TVs in separate rooms, and several gaming systems. But that thought left my mind on August the 11th. It was around 9pm, again the time when the feeling of being watched seemed to intensify, and it was hot in the living room where I was watching TV. I walked down into the basement to go and get an ice cream sandwich, but as I approached the freezer I noticed something black on the wall, and it was moving. I stood in one place, frozen in shock, 
and not knowing what to do. I watched in shock as the black mass became larger, and it only took me a few more seconds to realise that something was actually walking out of the wall. After a few moments, the black mass had taken on the shape of a large man. Slowly, I backed away from this apparition, not knowing whether this was just a ghost or a demonic entity, and I really didn't want to stay to find out. As I backed up though, the apparition walked forward, keeping pace with me so that the distance between us stayed the same. I backed up against the wall, too scared to make a break for the door in case this apparition attacked. I stared silently at the ghost, then noticed something odd. Whatever this thing was, it didn't feel angry or evil, it actually felt sad. As I realised this, the black mass faded away to nothing, like smoke being blown away by the wind. I remained where I was for a few seconds, too frightened to move, then rushed back up the stairs out of the basement. Somehow, I knew that whatever that apparition was, that was what had been watching me for the past week, but I wasn't scared of it anymore. I was merely curious, and even felt a small pang of pity for it. It seemed to be filled with sorrow, and I wondered whether this was because for some reason he couldn't move on to the other side, or whether he was staying behind for a certain reason. But I knew, with my curiosity, I wouldn't let it be a mystery for too long. I would find a way to figure out why that ghost was sad. I think this may have been someone who died in my house, possibly, who may be watching over me, but I also slightly believe that this may be a malevolent being. I want to know whether I should be afraid of this thing or not. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and also subscribe to the channel, clicking that notification bell so you never miss a video. If you want more states on our Paranormal US tour, make sure to check out the playlist. We're a pretty sizable chunk into our journey now, and there's not long to go. Where would you like me to check out next? So, until next time, sleep tight.